Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. The problem that is killing more people on earth than any other are addictive consumption of toxic junk food. The American diet is really responsible for bad mood epidemic, obesity epidemic, diabetes epidemics, the increase in all these cancers that are specifically diet related. Their response to the early criticisms around this issue were that we don't make you buy our products, we don't make you eat it, but in fact that was a lie. They already had a drug development technology going that was very successful and they just applied it to snack foods. We're trying to restore the true full function of these five parts of our brains that are intended to make us happy. And there's a different nutrient that fuels each one of these brain functions. We saw immediate dramatic improvement to build the brain's supply of dopamine, norepinephrine, adrenaline, the natural uppers. He did some research showing that if he gave people supplements of those nutrients, that the symptoms went away. They became cheery and slept well and could pay attention. You don't find doctors prescribing tryptophan and 5-HTP. I remember when I was diagnosed with depression, they were quick to sort of, here you go, SSRIs. I remember that experience and going, oh, this is not actually what health looks like in my mind, even as a young man, although this doesn't resonate with me. Welcome to the Inspired Evolution. I'm your humble host, Amrit Sandhu, and you're tuning in to a conscious conversation designed to help you grow. Our mission here is simple. It's for you to live your purpose, live your best life, live the life you love. This podcast is sponsored by Enthusiasm for Life, by great creation itself. To keep the good vibes flowing for myself and yourself, do us a solid, subscribe to the Inspired Evolution podcast on YouTube the home of the Inspired Evolution podcast. Now sit back, relax, open your mind, open your heart to this conversation and stay inspired. Keep evolving. Welcome back to the Inspired Evolution. And we have with us today, Inspiring Our Evolution, Dr. Julia Ross. Julia, how are you? I'm fine. Thank you. 
it is such a pleasure to have you here. For those tuning into Julia Ross for the first time, this is going to be an incredible episode. She has a master's degree in clinical psychology and is the executive director of recovery systems. And she wrote the book, The Mood Cure, The Diet Cure, The Craving Cure. The Mood Cure was an absolute game changer for me and my partner. I absolutely love this book. And on the back of that, I'd love to dive deeper into that conversation. And yeah, just wanted to thank you and welcome you again, Dr. Julia. Uh, sorry, Julia. <laughs> I keep calling you Dr. Julia because you were so helpful in my life. Um, <laughs> literally more than I would say, well, I, yeah, just you felt very doctor-like um, in the way that the benefits that were espoused through your work. Thank you so much again for writing the book. Well, I'm, I'm very happy uh, about this book. Uh, it's been on the market for uh, 20 years yeah. uh, this year, and it's in its 39th printing. Um, wow. It just won't go. We get you know regular message emails saying, it saved my life. Um, mm. And uh, so, um, however, in the last 20 years, we have kept moving and we've got some new things that didn't show up in that book, um, many of which showed up in my most recent book, which is called The Craving Cure, yeah. which is specifically about the, the problem that is killing more people on earth than any other, and that is our addictive consumption of toxic junk food. Mm. Let's start with food because you talk about the, um, you start with the, you, you called it the bad mood epidemic and maybe let's start there actually. What like you've called it the bad mood epidemic. It sounds quite sinister, but I think when you're living, it's almost like a fish in water doesn't recognize that it's in water until it gets pulled out. And then it's like, <laughs> it needs, it's like, oh, I've been living in water. And uh, I kind of get the feeling that most of us are probably struggling with some form of mood disorder or the other, uh, but aren't necessarily aware of it. And yeah, your thoughts and, you know, what prompted you to write the book in the first place and you know, even your subsequent books, can you describe the bad mood epidemic so people can get a bit of a taste of um, really well, what it is uh, that you're trying to address? I was, let's keep in mind, I was talking about the bad mood epidemic in, when I wrote the book and it was published in 2003. And uh, things have gotten way better uh, since then, right? <laughs> so we've got, you know, the double whammy epidemics um, post-COVID. Uh, and uh, so it's more important than ever that people get the information that, that your interview is going to be exposing them to, our interview is going to be exposing them to. Um, in, in terms of um, how I became aware of the earlier rise of the epidemic, you know, the, um, I was um, fortunately uh, born in 1945. And so I was brought up uh, to walk down the street and hear people whistling. Um, there really were barbershop quartets that sang outside and inside. Um, it was just, you know, people sang and they whistled and, you know, uh, they winked, you know, and they, you know, hi there, you know. <laughs> uh, we were just, you know, a, a cheery people pretty much worldwide. Um, we were also a normal weight people. If you look at 
at, you know, mass photography from the time, you know, big groups of people, you'll see that nobody at any age, any race um, was particularly overweight. Um, and that, all of that was held quite well right up until the 1970s, which is when the United States really launched into our new and, you know, emotionally and physically fatal uh, dietary change, which is now spread worldwide. Um, the American diet, you know, is really um, responsible for our bad mood epidemic and our obesity epidemic, our, our diabetes epidemic, the increase in all these cancers that are specifically diet related. Um, there's just no question that um, some radical changes in the world's diet, not just in the United States, but um, occurred uh, in the 1970s that you know have led to these multiple now epidemics. I was um, just finishing up a master's degree in clinical psychology, and I got an internship in an addiction treatment program. Mm -hmm. And there isn't anyone who gets addicted who has dandy moods, you know. Um, <laughs> we don't like substances unless they make us feel better. And we certainly don't get addicted to them and go through all the hell that that entails unless there's something driving us uh, that's terribly powerful. And that thing is our brain chemistry that is supposed to be producing positive moods and appetites for, you know, healthful food. And as I say, our brain was, brains were doing a very good job of it until this dietary uh, tragedy occurred in the 1970s. Um, so this was um, in the early 1980s when I became director of this outpatient program that I had started out as an intern in. And we were so terribly excited about all these revolutionary psychological techniques that we were, you know, presenting to our clients and they loved them. And um but then uh, we started working with a group that we couldn't help, and those were the crack cocaine addicts. Nationwide, 100% relapse within 24 hours um, of entering really good treatment programs. Um, and so I personally went into a depression because <laughs> I realized all the work that I'd done uh, uh, had, was against the wall. And uh, fortunately, brain scientists who were who had been researching the addictive chemistry in the brain uh, came around and lectured to us who were working in the field and said it's not your fault your programs are beautiful but they don't target the thing that's wrong which is some very specific brain chemistry that is faulty um, and one of them was doing some research on the use of nutrients which the whole field of neuroscience knew were foundational to this particular type of brain chemistry. They knew that there were four or five uh, nutrients that uh, were just deficient when people became, you know, depressed for no reason, you know, tired for no reason, uh, inattentive for no reason. Um, and he did some research showing that if he gave people supplements of those nutrients, that the symptoms went away, that they became cheery and uh, slept well and could pay attention. 
So um, I um, had a colleague in Minnesota. I, I was in Canada, I mean, uh, California. And uh, she was using a particular nutrient that was specifically identified as helping crack addicts. And uh, I had a nutritionist on staff who was trying to help people with diet. It was doing nothing. And I said, let's do this unless your research shows that there's a downside to it. She did some research, said, no, let's do it. And from the very first person, we saw immediate dramatic improvement just in that one amino acid that was targeted towards the brain's, uh, to build the brain's uh, supply of dopamine, norepinephrine, adrenaline, the upper, the natural uppers. So I've never turned back. Uh, now we work intensively with five <laughs> different nutrients that target all five areas of the brain that are responsible for generating mood and, and appetite. And I will ask you what the five nutrients are, but I do want to ask the question I was asking earlier, which is what was it about the 1970s that changed our, well, the American, the American diet? Cause now it's called the SAD, isn't it? The standard American yes. diet, uh, which is an acronym, which is That's quite very uh, accurate. Yeah. Um, <laughs> well, uh, I'll try and give it to you uh, briefly, but um, I, highly recommend that um, that your audience uh, take a look at the first two or three chapters in The Craving Cure because it gives all the details um, that are fascinating, really. Um, so uh, we um, noticed that this healthy American ideal that most people could identify with in terms of mood and energy and whatever, uh, was developing a flaw, and that and that was um, heart disease. So everyone knew that that uh, tobacco smoking was, you know, a major. But there was a group of very influential nutritionists who decided that really um, fat was the problem. Uh, that we we're eating too much fat. We really weren't eating any more fat than we ever had. We've been eating animal, you know, fats, dairy product, full fat dairy products for millennia, you know, actually millions of years, you know, uh, uh, we've been eating animals. Um, so even though it didn't make sense, he, he, uh, Ansel Keys was his name and his, and some cohorts who later turned out to be, um, rather cozy with the sugar industry, which was booming at that time, um, was influenced the whole country into a fat phobic state of mind. And we jumped onto the bandwagon of fat free foods. So if you take away fat, you take away a lot of the calories that you need, never mind the nutrients that are in fat, it's loaded with nutrients. Um, and um, we had to replace them with something. And so we replaced the calories with sugar. So all of a sudden there were these fat-free cakes and fat-free cookies. And at the same time, we were in a big fitness push and everybody wanted to carb load uh, before their runs or you know workouts or whatever. And it was a free-for-all, go for it. 
And uh, so we became addicted to these highly sweetened foods, which in the 70s um, were sweetened with something entirely new. A revolution had occurred in uh, sugar science. They had figured out how to convert uh, corn syrup uh, in such a way that instead of being uh, half and half glucose and fructose, it was now they could decide how much of each. And they decided to boost the fructose because it was 10 times sweeter than the glucose, which is the sugar we're mostly familiar with in, in fruit, for example, and starch for that matter. So um, we became addicted to a new kind of sugar. Um, there are some other factors, but so our our fat, we reduced the fat and then we switched to vegetable oil, which is um, really highly toxic, um, highly, highly processed. And, uh, you know, trans fats are, were made completely illegal, you know, uh, by 2018, I think it was, it wasn't even supposed to be in any foods anymore, but we, we still are doing lots of other vegetable oils. Um, and so we changed our fats, uh, we increased the sugar and switched to a much more addictive kind of sugar. And we became, um, so afraid of fat that we didn't even want to eat protein anymore. Now that's when the low fat cheeses and milks and so forth took over because we were so afraid of fat by that point. And when we stopped eating as much meat uh, because it had fat and as many dairy products because they had fat, our protein consumption dropped. And protein is the only source of amino acids. Mm. And amino acids are the most potent nutrients on the face of the earth. And they are what has allowed us to relieve people of so much, uh, you know, mood, emotional distress and, um, and cravings for, um, for, um, toxic food. Mm. It's interesting as well. I because think that's about the best I can do as a summary. No, that's amazing. Thank you for keeping it so concise and yet so um, so informative. The it's interesting as well because the population of the world back then was half of what it is today, and yeah, I can imagine even in the decade before that, it was going through these leaps and surges. Um, we were talking like 3.7 billion people at that time on the planet. And yeah, the mass agricultural practices have continued to develop. Um, we use that as a word, put it in apostrophes a little bit um, over, over the time. It's interesting to sort of feel how these things that were intrinsically part of the natural food cycle, um, like you said, we've got proteins, we've got good natural fats coming from our food and we've sort of bastardized them and now we've sort of gone, okay, we're going to get more carbs in and we're getting more of these artificial sugars. And somewhere along the journey of the sugars, you mentioned even the food scientists had come up, had determined this uh, bliss point technology um, whereby they knew that this was actually going to be the ratios of which um, would 
elicit the, you know, the individual to basically become experience, addicted. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> In a way, yeah, that's... My, you know that was my profession was uh, you know addiction recovery mm. and and here i understand that the, the largest industry on earth mm. uh, has made its you know primary intention to create addictive products that are going to uh, destroy us really it's a bit annoying because um <laughs> Well, yeah, but let me you let me describe precisely what. <laughs> but also the fact that if it was something else that was addictive, like if we've got substances that are addictive, we usually point the finger at the people that are producing the substances um, and the whole market chain that facilitates that sub that you know substance coming to market. But with food, that isn't the case. The and the, you've you've mentioned this here and there in a couple of other interviews where, yeah, you've discussed how. Um, yeah, just the the fact that when you are addicted to food, the problem isn't the food suppliers or the food manufacturers. The problem is yours for not being able to control your appetite. Ah, oh, that that was their most successful ploy. Uh, I, I don't know if you um, are aware that uh, their response to the early criticisms around this issue were that we don't make you buy our products. We don't make you eat it. Uh, but in mm. fact, that was a lie. Mm. Uh, their, uh, their technology was intended. And keep in mind that a lot of these uh, corporations um, were purchased by the tobacco industry in the 60s and 70s yeah. when they were getting in trouble um, because of their use, largely because of their use of sugar, you know, combined with tobacco to make people more addicted um so they just switched uh they already had a drug development technology going that was very successful and they just uh, applied it to uh, snack foods hold up what was that boring no flavor that was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week kiki palmer here and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free hello fresh jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi now that's music to my mouth hello fresh let's get this dinner party started discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com i'm sandra and i'm just the professional your small business was looking for but you didn't hire me because you didn't use linkedin jobs linkedin has professionals you can't find anywhere else including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role like me in a given month over 70 percent of linkedin users don't visit other leading job sites so if you're not looking on linkedin you'll miss out on great candidates like sandra start hiring professionals like a professional post your free job on linkedin.com people today Okay, so this is frames up where we were at and where the issues sort of lie. You mentioned there are five key nutrients that help address um, the mood cure. Well, address the mood epidemic <laughs> and uh, like under the umbrella of the mood cure. Um, do you want to introduce us to them one by one or how did you want to take us through um, yeah, well, the, me, the nutrients? Well, let me just say one thing to introduce it. Each mm. one of these five areas of the brain that generate positive moods, um, I call those true moods. 
true moods. And true moods. And the kinds of negative moods that we experience these days when those positive brain chemistry sites are under-functioning, I call them false moods. So people might say, you know, I tend to be so depressed or I'm so stressed or whatever. And I know from seeing thousands of people go from saying those kinds of things to saying, you know, my life is the same, but I don't feel that stressed and I'm not depressed at all. Um, so their true mood is restored. Their, their capacity to generate actual happiness, which is what the brain was really intended to do. Um, in spite of what we go through on earth and always have, you know, it's always been difficult. Um, it's not was phenomenal. So we're trying to restore the true full function of these five parts of our brains that are intended to make us happy in five different ways. So, uh, and there's a different nutrient that fuels each one of these, um, brain functions. So, um, would you like me to just go through one by one? Uh, okay, that would be so, so amazing if you would be willing um, to take the time, yeah. So the first one, um, and the one that uh, people with mood problems uh, learned about um, in uh, the late, eight, well, early 90s, I would say, late 80s, early 90s, was mm. um, serotonin, which was our natural antidepressant. And the reason that we became familiar with that word at that time was because Eli Lilly had created a new kind of antidepressant mm -hmm. um, that targeted uh, serotonin uh, and manipulated its function um, so that uh, a little extra serotonin was released. And uh, a lot of people took Prozac, which was the first SSRI uh, produced um, in uh, 1997, and they did feel better. Mm. Now, better means on a scale of zero to 10, uh, if they were at a zero in terms of their ability to, you know, feel good, um, they maybe rose to a three. But the true, the true mood uh, that is depression-free is a 10. Mm. So if they had n no capacity to generate any you know, natural uh, relief of depression to start with, then um, we wanted to see whether we could get them to a 10, you know, whether they were going to be fully functional as they often remembered being as children. Um, so it turned out that, uh, there was already quite a market in, for an amino acid, which is a protein fragment. So in, in a steak, a fish fillet, whatever, there are 20 different kinds of amino acids, um, and combined together in thousands and thousands of different ways, they create every tissue in our body, including our brain tissue. So, um, brain science at that point knew very well which nutrient was needed to, to build more serotonin. Mm. And that nutrient 
was selling like crazy in the new health food industry uh, in the 80s. Uh, and it was called tryptophan. Subsequently, in the 90s, we got a second form of it through the supplement industry called 5-HTP, 5-hydroxytryptophan. And mm. they both work really well at feeding just the one brain site, the serotonin-producing brain sites through the, throughout the brain. Um, and uh, so that's our first miracle is to be able to restore our ability to um, feel positive about the future mm -hmm. instead of worried, um, optimistic instead of pessimistic, um, instead of being irritable, uh, we, we feel happy. Uh, and we can sleep well too. This is a marvelous, marvelous chemical serotonin because it allows us to sleep well as well as feel well emotionally. So uh, we knew immediately that we were onto something there and uh, science was fully in support. There was all kinds of research uh, about its use as a supplement. Um, so that was, that's number one. Um, can I just jump two. in there for one sec before you yeah. dive into number two? Sure. One of the key things that blew me away in your research as well was the like, first of all, the side effects that SSRI have versus 5-HTP and tryptophan, like little to no side effects. <laughs> um, and yet you don't find doctors prescribing tryptophan and 5-HTP. I remember when I was diagnosed with depression, they were quick to sort of, yep, here you go, SSRIs. And it wasn't 15, like 12 years later that I found your book. And the percentage difference between effectiveness of SSRIs versus 5-HTP or tryptophan is only 5%. And yet the myriad of side effects that comes with SSRIs is baffling that we wouldn't well, mainstream try amino acids first. <laughs> Let me say something here to sort of explain that and stop me if, if you'd rather I not go in this direction. But uh, if you had been around and depressed in the uh, early, late 70s, early 80s, uh, everyone would have told you to just go get some tryptophan. Right. Uh, in fact, it was the only nutrient that the psychiatric uh, community knew anything about. And it was, they loved it. No side effects. Fully, fully uh, effective for uh, depression as well as for insomnia, you know. Um, uh, but uh, that that fact um, made it difficult for Eli Lilly to sell Prozac when it first came on the market. Mm. And um, there's a very controversial um, event that occurred. Uh, two years after it came out on the market and wasn't doing so well, um, a Japanese company um, made a bad batch and sent it to the United States and over a thousand people uh, became either very ill uh, and, and recovered or very ill and never recovered. And uh, that company later testified that they knew it was defective batch when they sent it. Um, so, Everything else about that process, except the fact that the FDA stepped in and said, we're going to call for a voluntary ban of tryptophan, which then lasted for about 10 years. 
Um, and so many, many companies um, suffered terribly because their tryptophan was confiscated. It was perfectly pure. You know, this mm -hmm. company made the bad batch was not supplying most of the companies that were, you know, offering tryptophan as a supplement. Um, so, but it opened the door for not only Prozac sales, but all of the subsequent sales. That were um, developed, all the other, right. Yeah, yeah, because that, for me, experiencing the difference between taking tryptophan and my short little foray into taking SSRI when I was diagnosed with depression, um, it was night and day. It was night and day. So the SSRI felt amazing, um, but it it felt it felt synthetic. It felt really synthetic, and I love that you used the word "true moods." Actually, um, because I, I felt like I was like I was up and I was bouncing and I was zinging and I was like, and then I came down four and a half hours later, and I remember that experience and going, "Oh, this is not." actually what health looks like in my mind, even as a young man, although this doesn't resonate with me. Um, yeah. And I just, from that point question whether I really should be taking them or not. Um, but yeah, the, the tryptophan is very different. Um, you take it, it's, it's also quite instantaneous, the effects that you feel. Um, but it's also, it's. I don't want to. I want to use the word subtler in its oncoming intensity, but it's also. Yeah, it's much more organic feeling, and it, it feels much more wholesome and whole when you actually take it. It's. I think the only way you can really describe it is the true mood label that you gave yeah. it before. It's. It's actually very accurate. It yeah. restores the natural function, the full, nat beautiful natural function that we, we we're designed to to experience. Um, well, I'm glad that that you uh, f finally uh, have had that experience, and I. You can imagine once I discovered this um, that I never let it go. You know, I, <laughs> I'm yeah. still talking about it, you know, and raving about it because it's. You know, I sometimes say to people, I feel like I'm the goose. I'm sitting on all the golden eggs. You know, and uh, <laughs> lots of people. Uh, get better, but there's millions and millions of people who need it so badly. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and the, the thing, one of the things that I learned, you know, I wasn't trained as a nutritionist. I was a clinical psychology, um, professional and, um, but what I've come to learn, you know, in studying these nutrients all this time is that, uh, compared to vitamins and minerals and fatty acids, mm. they are so much more potent, so much more powerful. So right. these other things are what they call cofactors that allow the aminos to form these extraordinary myriad, you know, thousands of kinds of tissues in the body. Um, not that they aren't important, but compared to the potency of amino acids, each amino is capable of uh, eliciting a number, many positive uh, responses. Uh, we're just talking about the, the emotional and appetite-related responses. But it is, um, it is true that because of their potency, we, we have to be very careful about dosing them with children. 
Mm. Um, what we've actually learned is, you know, more and more children are born to parents who are very deficient and depressed and so forth. And so they're born that way. Mm. And so we want, you know, the parents get relief from the aminos and they can see that their children are having some of the same symptoms that they had. Um, and so what we have them do is uh, just to take pin a pinch in a little bit of water and the younger the child, the less, you know, um, and for, you know, infants uh, through five years old, it usually the, mo the longest they would be on this would be a few days or a few weeks. Mm -hmm. And then you get the correction because they don't have years of, of deficit to, to repair. Um, so uh, once, you know, teenagers, you know, 14 and above um, through, you know, any age above that, um, they, they, they're, um, unless they're known to be sensitive to, you know, vitamins or whatever, um, are typically able to do the same dose as adults. Um, so the supplement companies in general start their, their dosing at a standard that's, you know, where one capsule really is a safe place to start for most people. Mm -hmm. Um, and, uh, you can go up, you can go down, um, whatever works for you. And it's perfectly obvious on a scale of one to 10, you know, if you're depressed when you start taking them, you know, so for yourself, um, what would you say in terms of the zero to 10, um, scale of, uh, improvement? Oh, okay. So I wasn't really struggling, um, with my mood significantly prior to starting. So I would say I was at a five when I started. Okay. Um, and then this was the more recent for like research foray into, into the mood yeah. cure, but I had my reasons as for why I was going into the exploration and, you know, trying to help others as a big part of what I do as a life coach and, you know, just generally the inspired evolution. And I remember taking the tryptophan early and I would say it went from, it went from a five to an, I would say hand on heart. I could easily say eight and a half. I want to say nine, but I also want to oh. be, you know, <laughs> as, <laughs> yes, I would say nine. Um, but eight and a half if I had to be conservative. So yeah, it was, it was night and day though. Like I could tell, like me operating at five is probably me also just putting up with myself <laughs> like I'm used to. <laughs> right. Um, so I'm probably not doing, yeah, the mature, the honors and the justice that it deserves. But um, yeah, it was, it was quite, um, cause I, I also, I also did it with and we're going to talk about um catecholamines shortly but um i also did it with the the tyrosine and the the gaba the other thing that i think is is not talked about is um well here in australia we couldn't really we can't really access 5htp but we can get uh tryptophan and one of the interesting thing was like i've still got the first tub i bought for 60 bucks like it's and yeah. It's been going, and I know three to six months is generally probably the 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 accurate length of a protocol. Um, but it's it's you know, I, haven't, I haven't even made it halfway through this tub. Um, yeah, and I'm just also amazed at that because it's so much more affordable. 
than and, modern, modern pharmaceuticals. Uh, it, 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 it becomes um, irrelevant. You don't need it anymore after time because assuming that you are getting an, you know, a good input of protein throughout the day, you just won't need it once you've mm. built up your stores. And in fact, some people start not liking it. You know, they get t kind of t sleepy uh, in the day, you know, and they say, I liked it when it made me sleepy at night, but happy in the day. Well, maybe I need to cut my dose. Mm. Maybe I don't need it at all anymore, you know. Mm. So, Is that what serotonin syndrome is? Serotonin syndrome, this is me just asking out of curiosity. Oh, good question. Um, serotonin syndrome just means there's too much serotonin being produced and activated and um that can happen uh with serotonin targeted antidepressants that's how we found out about it um but and it's why we advise people if they're on those kinds of serotonin targeted medications to um be extremely careful there's a whole chapter on it actually about experimenting with tryptophan or 5-HTP to see if it would work better. Mm. Before they go off the antidepressant, they want to be sure they're going someplace that's going to be a, a better fit. And so, uh, you know, five or six hours after the, the dose of the antidepressant, then it's safe to take a dose of tryptophan or 5-HTP without triggering any excess. Whereas if you took them together, you might get too much serotonin. Yeah. So we've done this thousands of times, and as I say, there's a chapter on alternatives to antidepressants in the in the mood cure about how you do this and how simple it is, and how most people get, you know, are like you, you know, they get tremendously m more benefit from the nutrient than from the medication. Yeah, and I promise I will let you move on to the next nutrient. Right after I just say this, though, when you go through the book, the way to sort of test yourself, well, not sort of, the way to test yourself is a quick checkbox hit list of like, are you living under a dark cloud, as you call it for serotonin? And it's just like, boom, boom, boom. And you just answer a set of questions. And if you score above a certain number, you know, there's a ranking for each of the numbers. It's just so straightforward. It's just so you know straightforward. That, that questionnaire is available on my website now. Boom. So the, the mood cure, it's an actually updated mood cure questionnaire. And then we've got a different questionnaire for those people whose primary concern is stop, to stop uh, junk food eating. So that's awesome. called the craving type questionnaire. Okay, so I'll put a link available. to both of those on the show notes. The very first thing people will see are the links to the questionnaire, um, just so that you can go just see how you're faring and whether any of these nutrients could be of support to you. And like I said, they're affordable, side effects are very minimal. Um, and they kick in <laughs> right away, so you know whether your investment has been uh, uh, worthwhile. Yeah, it's it's ridiculously, yeah, I just I just can't believe it takes podcasts like this to bring information like this to the world. That's <laughs> sort of what blows me away a little bit. Like I said, I first came across your book in a Reddit forum. I was just researching a, another podcast and it, it popped up in a Reddit forum and it wasn't somewhere mainstream that I came across this content. So yeah, uh -huh. here's me championing it to the best of my ability. Okay. Next nutrient, please. <laughs> Stop talking about well, uh, Let's follow your trajectory then. And you can comment. Uh, so the, the next uh, part of the brain that generates positive uh, emotions and eliminates negative appetites uh, 
is our natural stimulant system. So um, we actually produce, you know, these three lovely um, activating uh, of our physical uh, muscle musculature and uh, of our mental energy and, and attentiveness and alertness and our and generally enthusiasm about life. Um, We've, we've had a number of clients who thought they were really shy until they built up the levels of the catecholamines, as they're called, this little family of three cats. I call them the cats. Mm-hmm. Um, and when they took the amino acids that produced more cats, uh, they actually became chatty. They realized, oh, you know, it's not an effort to talk anymore. Um, so uh, the, t- the nutrient that uh, feeds this system. Uh, it's called tyrosine, mm. um, and uh, most people find it immediately uh, energizing. Uh, and the the amount needed varies with the person and their age and so forth. But um, it was the first amino acid that we ever tried because it's the one that's used for stimulant addicts to rebuild their their you know tortured brain chemistry. Um, <laughs> And uh, so we, we saw in the most depleted people on earth, uh, immediate responsiveness. So ordinary people, you know, who are more marginally deficient, you know, love small amounts of tyrosine. But so that, that would be, you know, one capsule, 500 milligrams, you know, or less, depending if their sensitivity. But the, um, the crack addicts needed four capsules three or four times a day for a while. And then mm. gradually they needed less and less until they were fine with a couple twice a day. That's and amazing. usually they would need them from up to a year if they'd been heavily addicted and depleted. Um, if you know anything about stimulant addiction, people don't eat, you know, cause they have this artificial energy. And uh, so they had a lot of catching up nutritionally to do and it could take a year, but they felt fine the whole year. Um, it was just that after a year, they could give up the tyrosine. They really didn't need it anymore. And, yeah. and you, did, you, were, did you ever drink much coffee? Um, that is exactly the point I was going to make. Oh. So I, um, yeah, one of the, the occupational hazards, I'm not sure if it's occupational, residential hazards of, uh, of living here in Melbourne in Australia is we, I would say inarguably, but I'm going to say arguably just because people from all over the world tune into this podcast have the best coffee in the world. Um, We are coffee obsessed in Melbourne Um, and it suits the weather. It's always kind of dark, gloomy and wrapping your hands around a warm cuppa just feels really nice. It's got a whole vibe about it. Um, And so even workplace meetings, the culture, it's, you know, you can go, you can end up going for three, four, five coffees a day, which is really, it's a lot. Um, and these are barista made coffees. These are not just, you know, teaspoon, co- like teaspoon freeze dried coffees that you make at home. So they're quite intense. I think as an individual, what I've come to learn for me personally is that I'm, um, extremely susceptible to caffeine. I have a certain sensitivity to it. Um, which working with the tyrosine actually helped me identify really well because when I was drinking caffeine, the tension that my body would accumulate, especially in my neck and shoulders and traps, um, was quite profound. Like it was well profound. 
is quite palpable is probably the word I'm looking for. Yeah. Um, I would take caffeine and my muscles would tense. And I don't know if that's, it's probably accompanied by dehydration. I'm also reflecting now on how acidic coffee really is when it goes into your system. Um, well, and it, also it stimulates adrenaline, you know, which is the fight or flight hormone. Yeah. Right. And I can also tell, and maybe I'm completely wrong, but I have a sneaking suspicion. I don't know enough about this, that being jacked into that adrenaline mode probably compromises my insulin, um, my ability to modulate oh. insulin. And I think that also I noticed for me, regulating weight whilst drinking caffeine was extremely difficult. Mm. Um, it was just, yeah, weight would only go one way when I was drinking a lot of caffeine. Uh -huh. And I remember when I first started taking the tyrosine, it, it was just, yeah, I, I'm even baffled now as I'm trying to describe it to you. I was baffled. I was completely baffled. Once again, I love the word true mood. <laughs> I took it and it, like you said, it was instantaneous. It's almost like you, and for me, tyrosine works a certain way where I don't even have to really swallow it to start to notice that I've taken it. It's made contact to my tongue, my mouth, and it's already starting to work. Oh. Right. So that's my relationship with tyrosine. And when I take it, I'm immediately like, it's, it's like I've taken the most ideal pre-workout I ever could have taken. Right. Ah. Um, which is I'm clear it feels very clean. There's no like this. There's no spikiness to it. There's no jitteriness to it. Um, mm -hmm. I, when I first took it, I was probably taking a little bit more than I should have been. And about four hours later, I felt a little bit jittery, but nowhere near, like, I can't even say I felt jittery compared to what I felt after caffeine, you know? So if caffeine was a hundred, this was like a 10. Yeah, of jitteriness. And then I just dialed back uh, instead of a teaspoon, it was like it became a half a teaspoon um, of tyrosine. And I was, which is exactly the book steps you through this really well. It's incredibly well written. It's like, you know, take this much and this is your body dose, figure out your weight. And based on that, this is how much you need. And if that's too much, just dial it back just a little bit. And that's exactly what I did. And the book recommends taking it twice a day. I just took it once in the morning and it was ah. everything I needed. It was everything I needed um, simply because I wasn't willing to walk around with the tyrosine to the office or come back, et cetera, et cetera. So I just had mm -hmm. it um, in the morning just for convenience sake. And the first few times coffee just disappeared. Like it just automatically just did not happen. I just went and I was, I didn't notice that it didn't happen um, until after a little bit. I was like, Oh, it's been a week. I haven't drunk coffee. And the first thing I remember noticing was my neck and shoulders weren't as tight. Cause I was like, Oh, like I'm feeling, feeling freer. And it's like, oh, I haven't drunk coffee. Oh, holy shit. It's the tyrosine. And yeah, I've ever since then, like just been like, it's, yeah, it's right up there with the set with the with the tryptophan as you know one of my favorite amino acids to supplement um, well, because like it is that. just the energy, like you said, the enthusiasm. Sorry, I could talk about it forever. This is you're meant to be on the podcast. Please continue. I'd like people <laughs> to actually watch someone take it, and we have um, a, a YouTube uh, series going now called Reality Research to let people watch what it's like for volunteers to take whatever indicated amino acids they might need. Mm -hmm. the, the most recent one is specifically about coffee. And, yeah. uh, and you can see her the first time she ever tried tyrosine and what her response was.
Oh, um, amazing. See, so in her case, actually, uh, tyrosine was not as effective as uh, a supplement that we could talk about next, which is a supplement that raises our endorphin levels. Because you talk about that warm feeling and the lovely smell. So there's a pleasurable aspect to caffeine too, coffee anyway, mm. uh, not only the energy. Mm. And uh, so it turned out that this woman was really doing it more for the pleasure because she did feel jittery at the end of the day, but it, she just couldn't let it go. You know, it kept her, kept her going. Uh, so um, this third part of the brain that is so uh, beautifully um, endowing of us um, produces feelings of pleasure. So it kills pain. But that's just the negative part of, of its wonderful attributes. Mm. Uh, what it, it stops uh, emotional pain in particular, uh, but even physical pain uh, is reduced by it. But what it produces in the positive sense is this feeling of enjoyment and contentment and comfort. And so particularly when we talk about overeating, this is tremendously important. People are eating to get their eating, comfort foods because right. they're low in endorphin. They're not producing this beautiful part of the brain uh, chemistry. Uh, and so uh, it's another one of these nutritional miracles. Um, there's a supplement um, that will increase uh, our expression of endorphin. Um, and uh, it does it in a little different way, but it's another amino acid. It's called D-phenylalanine. And I don't know if you can get it in Australia or not, but I hope you can. Um, there's a combination supplement that's easier to get that's been around longer called DLPA that you might uh, be able to access more easily. At any rate, um, this supplement has freed people from you know this particular kind of um, lonely hurt sad feelings for really no reason uh you know when when they come in and say they feel so lonely and you know this is the only thing that really makes them feel better well we say well are you lonely are you living alone or are you in a you know isolating relationship or and it turns out no um that it's a completely false mood and uh their uh enjoyment of their partners increases um and uh of healthy food is restored they enjoy healthy food again they enjoy a sunset they enjoy a shower um the things that we were designed to enjoy come back to them um when they use this particular amino acid. Um, now they have to combine it with um, a really protein rich diet because it turns out endorphin requires between five and 19 amino acids of the 20 to build. So we've got to take in high protein foods. Um, and for a while we recommend that people take 
supplements, uh, some people who are particularly depleted take supplements of um, free form amino acids in capsules um, that uh, are complete. So they have all 20 mm. of the amino acids, which you can't get in most protein powders, for example. Uh, only uh, only uh, whey protein has all of the aminos in it. Um, and uh, so that way, they're getting it in the diet. They're getting it infusing uh, all these nutrients they need to build up their endorphins. But with that, with the DPA, everything improves immediately. They can't do without the DPA until they've built up the, their dietary protein intake. But then they don't need the, the DPA anymore, and they're on their own uh, feeling good again. I love that. I haven't personally had an experience with um, with DLPA. I don't know if it's available in Australia or not, but I will check it out. And um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, well, do you want to move on to uh, the GABA? GABA's kind of cool. <laughs> I don't want to sell. I don't want to sell endorphins short just because I experimented I with them. Tried them. Uh, <laughs> so they probably deserve uh, their own airtime. But um, but yeah, you, well, yeah. Uh, let's okay. go on to GABA because it's. Uh, I mean, it's hard to say, um, but um, stress is probably the most common. Um, complaint that people have in terms of their moods. They're yeah. just feeling too stressed, too much. And so the fact that our um, stress relieving chemistry um, can be restored by an amino acid supplement, you know, instantly almost, mm -hmm. um, is, you know, it's really in the too good to be true department. Yeah. You know, there's probably some, some large percentage of your audience that's looking at this conversation and if it weren't that you have actually experienced it, you know, I'm talking about experiencing it with other people. And even though I'm talking about at least 7,000 other people, um, it's still too good to be true. But um, <laughs> I would say that the, the, sup the GABA as a supplement is probably um, the most popular instant response that we get. Um, and uh, in terms of GABA, there, there's lots of choices there, and we really like the sublinguals because, as you uh, explained, you know, in terms of getting the tyrosine through your mouth, um, when you chew something, uh, it gets absorbed in your mouth, and yeah. you know, a little bit gets swallowed, but um, the tissues in your mouth, uh, whatever gets absorbed there goes directly into the bloodstream instead of having to go through the digestive tract and then getting through the bloodstream and then to the brain. Um, so um, I, my most recent um, experience uh, trialing GABA with someone was a, uh, a man, uh, 67, I think, uh, long-term e executive uh marketing person in big corporations and uh gotten in the habit of staying up till 3 30 you know working or whatever and um somehow uh made it work and uh in retirement uh though he couldn't slow down and so he was still staying up till 3 30 and um 
so he filled out the questionnaire and the GABA deficiency part, the, the part of the questionnaire that um, people who are stressed tend to score so high in. Um, his scores were very high. And uh, so that was the first thing we trialed, and it was chewable. Um, in the United States, we can send people um, trialing kits where, with samples of everything they might want to try mm. so that they can test first and then know what they're going to go out and buy. Amazing. You know, instead of buying a bunch of bottles, some of which they won't, you know, end up using. Yep. Um, so uh, he had been talking very fast and, uh, uh, you know, complaining about the, how stressed he still was and so forth. And then all of a sudden, and this has happened well, hundreds of times just in my experience, um, let alone the, people, the nutritionists who work for me, I, I was taking notes. And all of a sudden, I realized he wasn't saying anything anymore. And um, I looked up, and uh, he wasn't looking at me anymore either. He was looking out the window. And I said, um, Steve, uh, what's going on out the window? And he said, you know, I turned the sprinklers on this morning, and I just noticed that they make this whole rainbow as they go back and forth on the lawn. <laughs> Uh, and from that day to this, you know, it's been mm. about five months. He's been enjoying the rainbow, you know, <laughs> literally and metaphorically. <laughs> He's sleeping well now. Uh, <laughs> He's not getting, getting into fights with his wife, uh, mm. nearly as often. Um, <laughs> it's, um, We've stayed in in touch because uh, he loves to send us updates, which we love getting. Mm. Um, yeah. So that's GABA, our natural relaxer, and you've had some experience with that, right? Yeah, and it is sublimity. <laughs> I would say it's just feeling sublime in a, like I've got the powdered uh, version of it, um, but it's yeah, like you said, it just brings. Yeah, it's a it's a really really nice feeling that GABA can introduce into your system if you're not if you're not used to it. And I'm not surprised this person that was super jacked um, actually came down, slowed down, took a moment, um, and especially the way you describe it in the protocol is to take it in the evenings, um, which is perfect. You know, someone comes home, it's now family time. That's kind of the headspace you want to be occupying, not yes. really the office daytime workspace kind of headspace, and you. Yeah, you're just much more comfortable to be around. Um, but also one of the things I think people in Inspired Evolution are used to as well is just you're more comfortable to be around for yourself as well. Like the negative self-talk, like the sort of inner sort of pow, 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 pow that we do to ourselves. Gabba has been the one for me that sort of just not sort of actually puts all of that to bay. You know, that internal well, sort of Well, to that, you know, you're talking about evening, you know, relaxing and you know, moving, you know, softly into the evening and getting to sleep and so forth. But uh, we find that it's really important for people to use it in emergencies, you know, after oh. stressful or even preparing for something stressful. They find mm -hmm. that their memory stays intact. They stay calm uh, much more easily uh, and clear. And that's all due to the fact that we know, you know, scientifically, that uh, GABA neutralizes adrenaline. 
So this <sighs> kind of stuff is eased and the brain can just slow down and enjoy this other uh, capacity that, that, that it has. Um, we've had a number of people who um, had the, you know, the busy brain and, and they couldn't stop and they really wanted to meditate um, and they couldn't because it just wouldn't stop. With GABA, they're able to do it. They can access this calm part of themselves, basically. We're back to true moods. Mm. Can you overdo it with the GABA? You can overdo it with any, any of them. And it's one of the benefits of them is that when you don't need them, it's, any of it is an overdose. You know? mm. So if you take it and you think, gee, I'm not feeling quite as good, you stop taking it. And your true mood reasserts itself. Mm. So, uh, most people, you know, do do adults need to take it for several months. Um, people who are who have been addicted or come from addictive families sometimes up to a year. Um, but there's an end point, yeah, where you could definitely feel too relaxed. Mm -hmm. um, <laughs> Noted. Sorry, I. <laughs> I think many people tuning into this would kill for that. <laughs> but um, but yeah, I thank you for for pointing that out. I'm conscious that um, when I humbly stumbled across the mood cure, I came across four nutrients, and you mentioned five. So do you want to ah. take us into the journey of the fifth nutrient? Yeah. Yes, I um. The four nutrients that we just talked to are neurotransmitter foods mm -hmm. so um endorphins serotonin the catecholamines uh gaba uh these are all very special brain chemicals that transmit these lovely qualities to us um but there's one other um function in the brain that that can diminish all of them um and that is uh, a um, an experience of not having enough glucose in the brain to keep the neurotransmitters operating. Right. Um, so this is a, a state called hypoglycemia, and there are probably thirty-five different. Um, false moods, negative moods that can result uh, as well as cravings for carbohydrates to provide glucose instantly. Because the brain is unusual. The muscle, for example, all over the body, the muscle stores glucose mm. so that if the bloodstream doesn't have any, you haven't eaten, you know, in a while, um, it can access this, uh, this uh, emergency supply, but the brain doesn't have that. So when the brain runs out of glucose, the, the trillions of cells, you know, are going to suffer and among them are going to be the neurotransmitters. Um, so uh, it turns out that there is an amino acid that converts instantly into the perfect amount of glucose if someone's levels drop too low. So they will instantly stop being in a negative mood, stop feeling stressed and frantic, and stop wanting to go out and get some sugar. Um, and that uh, amino acid is called 
glutamine. Glutamine, there's been a lot of research because uh, it's a very good example of how rich the benefits can be from a single amino acid. Um, it's been researched and is now famous for relieving cancer, uh, chemotherapy caused neuropathy, which is the pain and numbness in the feet that is such a torment to people. Even when they're recovering from cancer, they can't walk um, comfortably. Um, and uh, for many of them, there's plenty of research showing glutamine eliminates it. Um, intensive care physicians love it because it preserves muscle mass in people who are too sick to eat. And they use it IV um, if they can't swallow it as, you know, in water. It's very pleasant tasting, so it's not uh, hard to, to do. Uh, just to give you a, a few of the uh, other benefits, uh, potential in glutamine. Um, so we have a, a new section uh, for the Mood Cure Questionnaire uh, on the website um, for those people who have hypoglycemic problems. So mm -hmm. their moods nosedive and their cravings for junk food become uncontrollable. Um, and glutamine is, is really the answer for them instantly. Because one of the, we actually had some glutamine just lying around in the house um, because my wife was actually taking it for some, for some gut health stuff as well. It helps with oh, the whole. Right. It's wonderful for gut health. Myriad of things as well. And yeah, it's really interesting to hear you share about what it's the hyperglycemia and actually that it's got to do with a lack of brain sugars being about or glucose being available for the brain. Um, yeah. And just how that, then sends us potentially. I'm imagining a little frenzy going on <laughs> in the brain, yeah. looking to try and replete it. A great word. And then it's like, it's like, okay, and, and rage, <laughs> you, know. you know, it's 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 a factor in so many uh, domestic violence problems. For example, um, I had, one of my colleagues uh, was uh, providing a series of classes for people who were, uh, you know, had been convicted of domestic violence. Um, and uh, was almost always with a spouse at home. And uh, they were very bored with everything that she had to say until she got to hypoglycemia. And as soon as she gave them the list of symptoms and what caused it, and they, they all took um, time to track the last time they, you know, the most recent time they got into a rage. And it was always when they'd skipped a meal. Um, and so she advised them to uh, carry um, whey protein bars, uh. Uh, and it, it stopped. And they were coming in routinely, you know, I'm not mad at anybody now. <laughs> <laughs> and it's made me realize I've got to eat three times a day. I, I don't, you know, I can't, I can't be dependent on these little candy bars all the time, you know. So. Mm. Um, Mm, love there's, that. A, there's a lot, um, a lot of hypoglycemia going on, um, and uh, one type of hypoglycemia, which is actually causing deaths, um, they're they're discovering now, is um, in people who have the um, uh, uh, bariatric surgery, um, and you know, uh, stomachs 
you know, stomach surgery. Um, Getting it shrunk, right? Or just putting the, sorry, the band around it so it doesn't eat as much, yeah. Yeah. So they, they can't take enough food in oftentimes to keep the glucose supply going. And oh. they could be very comfortable for several years and then all of a sudden get some often fatal um, blood sugar drops. Um, so I don't know whether glutamine can be helpful for that. We haven't, you know, worked with that. Um, but the same thing is true for um, insulin-dependent diabetics, that their blood sugar uh, can drop because of too much insulin. Their blood sugar goes down, but it goes down too low. Uh, and so people are dying uh, because of that. And uh, so I'm hoping that glutamine can be helpful in both those situations, but I don't know yet. Mm. Awesome. Thank you so much for for taking the time to dive into all of those. Generally a protocol, like I know everybody's different. Um, and I know in the book it's been really um <clears throat> useful to yeah, it basically says there'll be a point where you forget to take them and you're pretty much as that point in a pretty good place because you forgot to take them means you're probably good to go without them. Um and right. I did notice that happening for me. Um uh -huh. is for me, that was actually a, I think it was about four and a half month window. Um, is that usually what you find three months, six months, 12 months? Like, is there, a, I know you, you can't answer, but is there a window that generally you see like well, most people taking um, the. I, yeah, there's some things that we can definitely generalize for, mm. uh, for uh, very young children, uh, a few days or <laughs> a few weeks, um, you know, under five. Um, and then from five to thirteen, say um, a few a few months, maybe a month, you know, maybe maybe two. But uh, and then fourteen all the way through adulthood, um, uh, typically um, needing it for uh, between three and twelve months, depending on. You know, are there some genetic factors that they don't produce uh, mm. neurotransmitters so well, as well as dietary and stress and you know, addiction factors? Um, but uh, the average dose, uh, I would say, is um, two capsules two to three times a day for three to six months. Yeah, awesome. You touched on a point there, which is um really interesting. Growing up in, and we had Dr. Bruce Lipton on the uh, on the podcast, and he talks about epigenetics and the environments we grow up in, and mm -hmm. whether things are nature versus nurture. And it's really interesting to to dive into that. And you know, coming across this work, you know, noticing that there are potentially, like, we just use GABA as an example. There are probably like gamma limited households. You know, when it's been yes. like, you know, um, and just noticing that, okay, maybe this is like a hand me down thing and potentially I can, you know, work with it, um, yeah, to, to try and supplement something that's probably been carried down from generations, whether it's like in your cells or whether it's just something you've picked up like, um, epigenetically from your environment. Um, nonetheless, well, I remember as a yeah. child going to visit my friend's families. Mm-hmm. This was kind of new to be in other people's homes, you know, and yeah. see how their families were. And there would be, you know, families where everybody was really laid back and they just sit down and chat and everybody was kind of like that. And then there would be others where they were, 
you know, just, you know, kind of on a time schedule and very efficient and, and not very relaxed, but they weren't unhappy. You know, it was just a kind of a genetic tendency that they had. Yeah, I find that really, really interesting. Um, and just, again, the potency of how we can potentially rewrite something that we feel like we've been, um, yeah, we may not even have a chance of of getting over when it feels like, oh, that's just in my family, you know, like everyone's like that, that's how I am. And it's like, uh, actually, you know, no. it doesn't <laughs> have to be, you know, and I think that's the whole vibe around the inspired evolution is that things, you know, things are actually, actually changeable. I, I, I don't know how to say this any other way um, other than in my humble opinion, when it comes to moods, Julia, I think the work that you've put together, um, I know nutritional therapy was not, you know, your first thing, but I think you pioneered the use of it to actually target food cravings and all these ideas like related to mood, sleep and addiction and like making it as accessible as you have through your books. For me, it's probably some of the most important work that's happened in the 21st century for mood. And I want to thank you for sharing yourself so abundantly here with us today to give us an insight into the, into the mood cure um, and the five main nutrients that, you know, and what they sort of, frazzle out and drive and what they look like when we're sort of not you know supplemented correctly with them um but then also just what it looks like when we can actually come back from having taken just like quite a mild supplementation regime in the grand scheme of things and what it looks like to come back into a, a true mood state so yeah i could totally thank you for today and today's episode but i also know it's you know that you said over thousands and thousands and thousands of clients myself included i gotta thank you for my own treatment and protocol that i put myself through at the very least so yeah i just want to acknowledge you um for your work but also for who you are and you know i can imagine when you've been going through this work as long as you have you've probably come up across a lot of people which have sort of you know you've bucked the trend in many ways even though it's been so organic your path um and i just want to you know acknowledge you for for all the work you put into this and, and extend my deepest gratitude for your work and you thank you amrit i appreciate that very much awesome thank you so much for tuning into this amazing episode of the inspired evolution without you the inspired evolution tribe this podcast would not be what it is today Thank you so much for your love and your support. Thank you so much for being so inspired to evolve. It's truly inspiring. If you haven't already done so, please subscribe to the Inspired Evolution on YouTube, the home of the Inspired Evolution's video podcast. We release inspiring conversations such as this every week, along with guided meditations and empowering insights all designed to help you grow and evolve. Honestly, your subscription on YouTube to the channel helps us out a great deal. And one of the other benefits, if you're having any insights or shifts from these episodes that you want to chat about, or if you'd like to leave myself or the guest a message, please do so in the comments on YouTube. I truly look forward to hearing from you. And as always, Tribe, remember to stay inspired and keep evolving.
Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.